We're at it again. Welcome to another edition of An Artifactual Journey. I'm your host, Philip J. Merrill with... And I'm Veronica Carr. And are you my sidekick or are you just the nosy Negro chick? Mm, depends on the day. Okay. Today, you're the nosy Negro chick. Right. What, are, what, what in the world are we talking about now? Okay. We are talking about a 122-year-old letter it's from Canton in Baltimore, Maryland. And I want to hit you with a famous question. What does race have to do with it? Everything. And everything. Everything. Er, er, and as the people in Baltimore say, everything. And not only that, when you think of Canton today, what do you think of? When I think of Canton today, I think of a, a, a boutique of, uh, of trending and fancy restaurants that cater to, cater to tourists. Uh, I think of the waterfront because it's, it's, uh, it's near the water. And I think of really a positive uh, kind of location that really is an extension of, of, of uh, Fells Point. And actually in 2021, it received some more, in, well, in our views, a positive attention because the, a statue of Captain John O'Donnell was removed. He was a noted slave owner. He actually owned a plantation in Canton, 1786. In 1786, John O'Donnell founded Canton as a plantation where he owned slaves. And in 2021, residents of Canton actually removed his statue. Of course, this followed along the same vein as many of the Black Lives Matter protests across the country, where statues of former enslavers and so forth were being and removed. Confederates. And Confederates were being removed from courthouses, from public squares, from universities, and so forth. And what prominent president's daughter and her husband lived in Canton? I need you to tell me that, actually, because I don't know. Okay. Okay, the Bush family. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. That's your tidbit for today. Yeah, that's it. That's a fascinating tidbit. They no longer live there, but they did. Also, what prominent orator from the 19th century who puts Baltimore on the map, he actually ends up escaping from part of Canton? I'm going to take a guess and say Frederick Douglass. Woo! You get the daily prize. And recently, the uh, Baltimore National Heritage Authority put up a marker. And you can thank Dr. Raymond Barr for some outstanding research that he's done for years to bring to light the accurate, authentic, uh, important history of Canton. And that's a, that's a very fascinating point, actually, because so often when these cities have been documented historically, you know, whether it's from the 1700s onward, it's always from a very rose-colored view where you talk about the upstanding citizens, you talk about who founded it. And you glanced over the enslaved population. You glanced over the free black population, the immigrant population, the immigrant population and the, the ramp, working class. the working class and the rampant racism that existed that allowed this enclave to exist for a number of um, centuries. And what, and what other piece did you leave out? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, oh, yeah. They love the architecture. I mean, they talk about, you know, Romanesque and Italianate. And I'm throwing out the two words I know. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> Is Gregorian a word? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, please stay in your lane. Help, help. She's gotten out of her lane. Okay, so let's get into this letter. Um, first, first of all, um, over the years, sometimes we can acquire an envelope, and we buy the envelope because of the postmark, the stamp, who it's addressed to or who it was addressed from, okay? In this case, unfortunately, there was no envelope available, available for acquisition just the letter but once you hear the letter you will understand that i was thankful just to even get the letter all right so here we go baltimore may 9th 1900 dear cousin i received your welcome letter and the beautiful present i thank you ever so much i felt very sorry that you and your wife could not come i was wishing all along that you and your wife would come 
I guess you will receive one of your photos this week. Dear cousin, I am far away from home and it seems so strange to me, for I've never been further than Philadelphia. I was certainly homesick the first week, but I am getting used to it now. We left Pottsville on the 28th. When I got to Baltimore the first day, I was disgusted when I seen all the niggers and Jews. Stop. Say that again. I was disgusted when I seen all the niggers and Jews, but we're not living in Baltimore more on the outskirts. It is a much nicer place than in Baltimore. My husband is a machinist. His parents live at Pottsville. Dear cousin, I hope you will come to see us. I guess I will close for this time. I have so many letters to write that I really don't know which to write first. Hope you will excuse me. Our best regards to all. Hoping to hear from you soon. I remain your cousin Annie, 615 Canton Street, Canton, Baltimore, Maryland. So the Wait casual racism, which is... Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. The casual racism just thrown in there. I mean, you look at the rest of the letter, and if you really don't look at it closely, you just think that it's a letter from some woman to her cousin talking about how nice her trip was and that she's homesick. But then she has this line about being disgusted to see all the black people and Jews on the outskirts but, of Baltimore. But but hold up. But, but hold up. I think what you're missing is that Canton really in some ways was a ghetto oh yeah it was you had you know like you said the working white class there but you also had the working immigrant class and that leads us to another um point is that we really don't know annie's race whether she was german whether she was a russian uh, where she actually came from because uh, you know just because it's a personal letter she's not signing off with her last name but she is giving us an address and i think the the other point to look at here is what we talk about all the time, which is the word presentism. And what does that mean for the people that are unaware? When we use our present ideas and thoughts and feelings and so forth and want to transfix them on the past. In this case, you know, unfortunately, you can't look at this letter from the lens of 2022. You have to look at this letter from the lens of 1900. So here is a woman that's possibly a lower class white or immigrant woman who looks and sees all these black people and Jewish people and she's disgusted because this is not the environment that she wants to be in. These aren't the people that she wants to be around and she's okay. glad that they live on the outskirts. That's powerful, but what what else is missing? Read, read, read the sentence again, please. When I got to Baltimore the first day, I was disgusted. When I seen... Stop, stop, right there. What's wrong with that sentence? Right, what it should have been when I saw. Um, and so that, that gives you an idea into her like vocabulary and educational level. And what, um, when you get a chance to actually see the letter, there aren't any periods in it. Um, so it's one long run-on sentence. And her handwriting is, I mean, better than what we've seen in most letters. But it gives you an idea of educational level. She could have had a third-grade education, an eighth-grade education, if that. So she's not only a lower-class working or possibly not working white woman or immigrant woman, but she also has very little education and grammar and so forth. She has enough sense to be critical uh, and to have some um, racist uh, overtones with regard to people that that uh, she's not in favor of. Right, and that's always that seems to be a common theme if you look across um, not only America in 1900 but America today is the idea that the lower um, working class whites despised anyone that was of a different race because it almost kind of elevated their status a bit because within the white society, you know, someone like Annie and her husband probably fell on a very low rung and they weren't the people that the middle to upper class whites would have associated with, but it made them better because they were better than the black people and the Jewish people that they didn't have to interact with. They thought they were better. They may not necessarily have been better. And let's, let's talk about this briefly for a moment, please. This is a letter that never thought the person that wrote it 
transitioned many decades ago, and in her wildest dreams or nightmares, she never thought that one day this letter would be published anywhere, and that would be in a black repository held by Nanny Jack and Company LLC that would be sharing it with our global listeners um, on our podcast. Right, because it was a very it was a personal letter going to her cousin, and you know. It- not that we write letters today, but if you were to write a letter, you can't even imagine a hundred years down the line that someone completely unrelated to you. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not, I don't think you're related to Annie. You might be <laughs> completely unrelated to you. It's going to read this letter and dissect it and talk about how racist you were. And when really she is a, a product of the time right. and of her community right. and of her ilk. Right. And, it, and while it's not an excuse, it's a bit of an explanation for how we kind of put Annie in context. We don't know Annie's last name. I popped Annie into um, Ancestry and got like 20 different Annies with 20 different last names. So she very well could be any one of those women. So here's Annie. You know, she's lower class. She's either white or she's an immigrant woman. And she does not like black people or Jewish people. And if we could get to the Liberfolio room at the Clarence and Mitchell Courthouse, we could possibly look at the title, the deed, and see what's going on at 615 Canton Street in those early years. Now, what we also don't know is if she was a renter or she and her husband were homeowners. And so if they were renters, it would be even harder for us to track down their surname. Right, because people often moved frequently, um, either within a certain radius, a certain block, or certain sections of the city that they could actually afford to live in and were allowed to live in. Yeah, and and one of my... um, favorite things to look at is when people move a couple doors away from their previous house or around the corner i'm like really i guess it, they don't want a large move so they just you know three doors down is easy today uh, in 2022 we all whether we admit it or not full disclosure i love to be in other people's business i love to people watch i love to look at other people's photographs and what they're writing on social media this is an earlier version of that because we're snooping voyeuristic it's kind of like we're peeping into someone's life from the past and it gives us a great deal of information to talk about uh, in present day it also makes for a wonderful conversation because as we move forward in 2022 people are having deep um complex and often difficult conversations and this is one of them uh, on you know on the one hand while we're you could be turned off instantly by this letter just by that one sentence on the other hand it opens up so much more where you could have a group of people come together from different backgrounds and someone could say well this sounds like my great grandmother or my grandmother or my mother in some or my father in some cases because the more things change the more they say the same these attitudes often permeate different decades cultures religions class um it's just you know we have actually have a documented instance of a woman who's signing her name to say this is how i feel i think from a little kid on i i enjoyed being a nosy negro myself and i think people again are delusional if they want to say they don't like to be all up in other people's business we all like to be nosy we just don't all want to admit it so right Right. and 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 some of us might be offended by the phrase nosy negro but okay well you can be a nosy caucasian you can be a nosy mexican i mean (laughs) just pick pick your pick your race yeah it it doesn't matter but but just be honest come clean that you enjoy being nosy why do you peep out the window when you see your neighbors roll off right Okay. Or your neighbor's having an argument or something. I mean, or, you. Okay. That concludes yet another edition of An Artifact Journey. I'm Philip J. Merrill. And I'm Veronica Carr. And we will see you somewhere along the Artifact Journey. Later.